Hey guys, it's Nick. I just want to point out at the top of the episode that we realized upon listening to the episode that uh, we kind of had the same conversation twice. Uh, I think it's in take one and take three. We're realizing that uh, because these takes were recorded so far apart, we kind of forgot what we talked about. But it's just double the fun for you guys. So I hope you enjoy it. Michael Caine. Thank you for doing that. I wanted to. <laughs> I, anytime I hear his name in my head, it just automatically, like, it goes through a filter and it comes in as him saying his own name. Exactly. Exactly. He's like a, he's like a Pokemon. <laughs> Michael Caine. Hey there. I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. So we're back in the New York groove with our first full episode in a very long time. Our last full <laughs> episode was Willy Wonka. <laughs> that, was, that was 84 years ago. <laughs> it's been a... Hot, steamy minute. It sure has. What was our other episode? We've done two episodes this season. What was the other one? Mm. God, that is sad that I cannot remember. Don't say it. I've also been drinking. You're very drunk. I'm not drunk. drunk. (laughs) You are so drunk right now. You need to calm down. Oh my God. One of the greatest... One of the greatest three movies we've ever covered are we about to play a game to see which which one we did why can't i remember oh it was a banger of a premiere of a season oh it was so good like you picked it probably best film ever made no i think it was you actually i think you picked it did i yeah we covered a trilogy a trilogy yeah a great trilogy Oh my god, Austin Powers. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, I did pick that, didn't I? Because then you yes. made you picked you made me watch that Willy Wonka shit. I made you watch it. And you didn't even watch it, so I don't know what you're too. You fully admitted to sleeping. Okay, the but then movie. I went back and watched it before the third take. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah, I did fall asleep during that. This movie though, I will not fall asleep during. I really am excited to do this and i'm hoping that maybe some people who haven't seen this movie will check it out i don't think it was like super popular but it's really enjoyable to me as like a very interesting story and it's flight as you guys already know so jordan you know nothing about this movie nothing not a damn thing not a damn thing. And so, can you guess what <laughs> you think it might be about? They're probably on a boat. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> I assume... Am I remembering correctly that it's like based on a true story or something? Or am I thinking of like Sully? 
think you're thinking of Sully. Sully is based this, on the true story. So this is not based on a true story. I don't think so. Is it about a pilot? Like, is the main character? He the is pilot a pilot of the yeah. flight. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I've only seen a handful of plane movies. Uh, Red Eye is a good one. I really like Red Eye. This is definitely, I mean, like, there is a plane in this movie, but it's not like one of those movies that, like, takes place entirely on a plane, like, like, uh, nonstop or flight plan or red eye. I think, yeah, yeah, and flight plan. I think when I think of a, an airplane movie, I automatically think disaster. Is this going to be like a he has to land the plane, he has to, like, save the day in some way? kind of movie or is that too spoilery um so i don't want to like i i don't want to spoil anything but i will say that like there's definitely like obstacles you know that he has to overcome there is an inciting incident for sure also i'm saying he because i i know who the lead is that's the only other thing i know about this movie i'm not just assuming that all pilots are male <laughs> you know that mr washington is in this film yeah um, that's the only other thing i know about it I'll also say John Goodman is in this movie. And I enjoy him. He's so good. And this was like right around, because he's in Argo as well. And I feel like they were right around the same time. Maybe not, but like I remember watching them right around the same time. And I was like, John Goodman's in everything and he's so amazing. <laughs> I, I would want to do, I like I wouldn't want to do Argo because it's like too complicated, I think. But I do love Argo. Have I seen that one? And that's the no, that's the Ben Affleck movie. Like it's like a true story about how they got those, um, those people out of the uh, out of the embassy, the Canadian people out of the embassy. The journalists. Yeah, I don't remember. I think I did see that. Yeah. Oh really? I okay. I just remember they were like, "What's Argo mean?" He was like, "Argo, fuck yourself." <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I really don't know anything about this. However, I do know the director and I've watched several of the director's other films and I think it's going to be fun to explore this director. I don't think we've done this director before, have we? No, because I have a uh, disdain for him. Because Let's talk about it. I, uh, I love him. He's done some incredible films. Wait, let me actually, let's pull him up. Let's go. Let's go over them. Hold on. Sorry. Mr. Zemeckis. Let's go over Robert Zemeckis' filmography really quick. God, fucking Death Becomes Her is just so... I said this, I've said this a lot, but that's a core memory movie also. I don't know how you you can't like him. Like, what have you seen that you're like, wow, this man is awful? All right, so he started out doing things like Romancing the Stone, Incredible, Back to the Future, Beloved, right? Uh, Back to the Future 2 and 3. Beloved. Death Becomes Her. Incredible. Um, Forrest Gump. Incredible. He did Castaway. He did Contact. He did What Lies Beneath. You're only saying good movies. Like, what is the movie that changed your opinion about him? The Polar Express. Beowulf. Oh A Christmas Carol. Uh, Welcome to Marwin. The you Witches. saw that? Yes. Okay, it's I, so there. He's like tries to do this like animated shit, and it does not work. It's not good. Mm. Like focus on just telling simple good stories because you're so good at it. I think I can defend 
the Polar Express because I think when it came out, it was so fucking creepy. I mean, yes, there was, you know, it was obviously it was motion capture. It was very uncanny valley. It was it didn't read very well, but I think it was a risk. And I appreciate a risk. I do too. I mean, he's definitely swung a bunch, but he just struck out the last couple of times. I mean, Have I, I kind of s- feel this similarly about um, what's his name? Uh, Tim Burton. Like Tim Burton hasn't oh, yeah. made something that I really enjoy in so long. However, I will say, though, that uh, Flight was only made 10 years ago. So uh, to me, the most the most like recent thing that he's done that I actually like is Flight. Um, have you actually seen the witches? So I saw the witches, like the parts that I've seen the original witches and I saw the parts that we watched together. I had no interest. I did not like the, the anime or like the special effects and stuff like that. I just was not interested in that. And what I'm very upset about is that Disney gave him the live action Pinocchio. And I'm like, no, he's just going to ruin it. (laughs) But whatever. I don't care. There, Pinocchio, uh, what's his name, is doing a Pinocchio as well. So um, Guillermo is doing a Pinocchio as well. So I like that, that one, I'm sure. Yeah, that one's going to be fun. I don't know. I, I've not seen anything of his that I've not enjoyed yet. Do you like or have? Do you like What Lies Beneath? I've not seen it. I, don't, I didn't realize that that was a... Uh, Zemeckis movie. Oh my god, it's so good. Like the ones that are like, oh wow, that's a Robert Zemeckis film, are like yeah. my favorite of his movies. What about Contact? Um, so I have seen Contact. It has been a very long time though. Is it good? Would I like it? Um, so it's it's Jodie Foster. Yeah, and Matthew McConaughey as well. I think I remember being like very science fictiony. I like that. Yeah. I just know that all of our Drag Race fans know that Katya is, you know, that's a running joke in her show a lot. And I only know about it because of that. And it's, I've just always been curious to watch it because of that. But yeah, I mean, there's probably like a degree of cheese to a movie that's, you know, that old. Like there's gotta be a reason that it's an inside joke for her. uh, But I want to know what that is. Like, I want to know why. But yeah, I, I'm indifferent to him. I think he's made some really incredible movies Forrest Gump, like, holy shit how can you not love it death becomes her again incredible i i will see i hope i like this one i i just i don't know what to expect i just i know there's a plane involved and that's about it it's a personal story and it is not reliant on all of these gimmicks where i feel like he's had trouble telling personal stories and not just fully relying on this like use of technology um trying to push technology for because like i, I kind of feel the same way with some of the stuff that james cameron like i i really liked avatar but that story is not the reason i like it you know what i mean yeah. like i i like it because of a lot of the other reasons and it's like you should also focus on like the storyline and i just did not like so many of these <laughs> but okay fight is good you will like it let's watch it Take two. Try it again. Okay. Uh, maybe one more time. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. It's always the worst one. <laughs> always. 
we're in the same room. Also, I just said that it's going to make noise when we lift our glasses up from the table and put them down, and I just did that. I'm going to refrain from that. But I'm definitely not going to refrain, because guess what's in my glass, bitches? And if somebody out there guessed it right, <laughs> you didn't participate in the... Well, I know. Yeah, you in know. in front of me. Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's take two of flight. I hope everybody watched flight. <laughs> I hope everyone came prepared to class yeah. and watched flight. If not, pause us and then come back. We sound a little different because we are in the same room. So if the editing's a little bit wonky, that's why. Because mm-hmm. we don't have two separate tracks now. And that's why the bit in the beginning was so funny. I'm a comic genius. You are. Thank you very much. You are, you are, you are. We just got back from seeing Men, Alex Garland's <laughs> third movie. I don't think I want to talk about it. Really? <laughs> really? You can talk about it. I just... I, okay, okay. I'll just say, I know that Annihilation is your favorite movie ever. And that was the last movie he made. Right? Yeah. And so I told you, like, right when we went in there, I was like, don't compare it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just let it be its own thing. And it's definitely its own thing. It is I its think. own thing. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely some good Garlandisms in there that I really enjoy. But... Those I love. It has a message that I think I understand. However, the actual, like, goings-on throughout the movie and, like, the reason as to why they're happening and how they're happening, absolute befuddled. But, but, genuinely terrifying film. It was very scary. Um, I need some distance from it because I am still, like, very uncomfortable from what I just saw. But, I mean, I didn't hate it, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think I hated it. There's no way to trigger warn somebody about this movie either. It's like, yeah. if you're if you're sensitive to blank, like, like <laughs> I, just, I mean, if you're sensitive to... I can't tell you. I, but something horrible happens at the end of this movie, and it is, and it it takes place over like ten minutes. It's a very <laughs> long sequence. It really is. And yeah, I I if you follow me on Letterboxd, I'm actually very proud of my review, and you should read it. Of course, you. are. I'm always proud of my reviews. I said I'm a comic genius. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Don't expect annihilation. Don't even expect ex machina because. You're not going to get those things. You're going to get something that is way more horrific, way more confusing. Um, and I think going into it, I was expecting some like large feminist piece. And I was hesitant because it was directed by a man. And I'm not sure it had a lot to say. Or if it did try to say something, I'm not sure that it was successful. I don't know. I don't know if I will be watching it again enough to like to be able to have like a solid opinion on it. But uh I'm eager to see what some other people have to say about it because it was certainly a trip. I don't know, and I'm only saying this as a man. Uh, obviously, like my opinion, it like your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, truly. <laughs> but um, it didn't feel like he was like overstepping or mansplaining this feminist sort of uh, allegory, but. He might have. It might have been too much. It might have been offensive towards some people. I don't know. I I just, I really appreciated how terrifying and horrific it was. Yeah. Uh, So while Jordan is like 
never wants to watch it again. While I would probably only watch certain parts of it again, (laughs) I would go back in and watch it now. Like, I really enjoyed it. It's just a very weird movie, but he's a very weird guy. Also, just kind of browsing some of the Letterboxd reviews that I've seen, uh, it seems like another one of the... I, I got a lot of, like, oh, a movie about grief from a 24 that's groundbreaking. So like, don't, don't go in expecting it's, it's a very, what like, I don't want to highbrow sounds so pretentious. Now that person was a comedic genius. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. It was me. I said it. No, uh, it was, I think it was very highbrow horror. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. I don't know if you have anything else to say about it, but I, I can yeah. be done talking about this movie. No, I got you. That's good. Uh, segueing into, uh, a filmmaker who, I told you I have problems with a lot of his films, uh, but this is not one of them. This might be my favorite Robert Zemeckis film. That's so weird because I, I watched this movie so at the end of it. I was like, you know what? He just takes too many risks with his animation. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, I really liked it too. I really, really did enjoy it. I, I appreciate that, you know, of throughout his filmography, there's so many fantastical, you know, uh, efforts film efforts right yeah and then this one is very human story i mean obviously the movie is about addiction Mm -hmm. the comment that is made by the end of it about sort of like accepting and owning up to your own faults and facing your problems and like if you deserve punishment if you deserve to go to jail like accept that and serve your time and like, you know what I mean? Like rise to the occasion and face the consequences of your actions. Yeah. I really like that message. If he'd have gotten away with it, I will say, I also think I probably would have liked how to be like, Oh shit, he got away with it. See, I, (laughs) the ending, like the whole, I I don't want to call it a court scene because they said it several times that it was not like a courtroom. His actions confused me so much. And I was like, you could, like you could, you're given, you've been given this golden opportunity. Why aren't you taking it? And then the very end of the movie, like when he is in jail, he's talking about how like he was done with the lying. He like, he couldn't yeah. do that one last lie. I think it all clicked into place. And I think I appreciated it a, a, a lot more. I mean, like his actions throughout are very self-destructive. And yeah. I, I don't want to say like, I enjoy watching like a, someone downward spiraling. I don't. But it is certainly intriguing to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like him, uh, Denzel Washington, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but he can act. <laughs> he He's going places. There's not enough room on this podcast for two comedians. I'm going to need you to calm it down. Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't steal I my spotlight, please. I hate you. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I also, so I made a list of things that I liked about this movie and things that I didn't like. The things that I liked is a lot longer, but um, also I'll go into this in a little bit more detail. But I love, it. this movie made me realize that I love, I don't want to call it a trope because I feel like that has a negative connotation. But whatever the positive connotation word is for trope. Trend. Yeah, like, and it's not even a trope because I, I have only one other example of this happening. But it's when, like, an addict does their job. And the only thing I can think of is Nurse Jackie. Yeah, oh my god, I think of Nurse Jackie throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and it's like, I, maybe it's because it's been on my mind because I brought it, it up so many times in the last few episodes, but it's like, it, it does not matter 
it's like when lives are at stake, you get your job done no matter what. And there's just something so magnetic about that for yeah. some reason. I don't know what that says about me, but I also believe that that is the case in real life with some people like the high functioning addict. Like, yeah, I believe that there are definitely people who are struggling inside, but are so good at their profession that even if they are just in a horrible state, there are people that could jump into action yeah. and do things like this. Yeah. You know what I, I I don't mean to like interrupt your you're list, good, but good. like you know what I just love movies with planes in them. Oh, see, I disagree. <laughs> I left this movie like fuck you because now I will never not think of this movie when I fly. This has made a huge impact because you don't know the pilots. Like you don't know what's happening with the pilots beforehand. You don't know if the plane didn't pass its inspections or or just ignored any recommendations from its expe- inspections. Like. You don't know that stuff going on in airplane. That terrified me. That was so yeah. scary. It is it's spooky. So scary. Keep going with your list. I like it make when you make lists. Awesome. Me too. Uh, so uh, another thing that I liked was wait. Hold on. I just want to let you know if I finish my margarita, you're going to mine. Yeah, that's fine. I'll okay. allow that. Uh, <laughs> I loved how the whole like the beginning, the first act is setting up. Uh, what was her name? Nicole. And then the plane crash. And I loved how the plane crash was choreographed so well with Nicole's story. Yeah. It was very clever. And I think that like either one could be used as a, like either story could be used as a metaphor for the other one, if that makes sense. Like when, when she was crashing, the plane was crashing. Like I think that that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Look I at thought you. that was very, very clever. She's fantastic. I did not recognize. I think the whole time I was waiting for her to just be Jessica Chastain because that's who she looks like. <laughs> I could have, I could have, like, you could have been my ventriloquist yeah. dummy just then. Yeah. It, like, Jessica Chastain clearly could have played this role, yeah. but I like this actress. No, she did a phenomenal job. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think I've ever seen her in anything else before. Yeah, no, I, me either. Like, one of the most heartwarming things at the end, and it's just like a visual cue. It's just seeing a picture of when she came back and, yeah. and visited him for his birthday. Mm -hmm. or you know what i mean like who knows what became of their relationship but like clearly there's love between them yeah and she came back because he again took responsibility for his actions the whole running away from your problems mentality i mean this movie straight up maybe it was too on the nose but like for me i just ate it up like he was about to run away from his problems yeah physically and you know theoretically it's theoretically I'm drinking theoretically <laughs> or uh, physically and like emotionally or whatever. He was about to just run away and, and skip town. Mm-hmm. I think one of like the best parts of the film is her just being like, I, I gotta go. Like I gotta leave because she could probably see aspects. She could of, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of this downward spiral in herself. So I'm sure that there are things that like people who've been through, similar addiction experiences can see and be like red flag you know what i mean yeah i've not been through that but it makes sense that it would be that way yeah so this is sort of like a half and half i loved the soundtrack hated the score really the score it was like too on the nose it was like spoon feeding us what we needed to feel we did not need it and and it felt very forrest gump because he (laughs) celestia did both of them but like it it almost felt like early 2000s late 90s like sappy family movie music and i i didn't like it didn't like it for this but 
anytime John Goodman showed up and the Rolling Stones played, I was like, hell yes. Like, I'm yes. all about this. Yeah. It's perfect. I love it. When I mean, every time he came, like, it just brightened my day. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I just love him so much. <laughs> we adore John Goodman. Yes. If you guys look on our Instagram, uh, was it two years ago now? Oh, well, yeah, okay, so sure. la- Yeah, it was two years ago because I that was like the year I couldn't walk. Oh, we yeah. Were, we yeah. were both. I was Fred Flintstone and you were... Sully. Sully. Yep. Sorry, I burped. Sorry. It's the year of John Goodman. Exactly. It's a good year. He's just <laughs> so good at this. He is, yeah. He was great. I think, so there's this obvious motif of like God around it. And at first I had to roll my eyes because I was like, anytime God is a motif, I just, I, I just don't know if I'm too stupid to be able to like analyze that or I'm just too lazy to want to but it didn't really read to me as a positive in the movie until the hotel scene the hotel scene when he puts the um the bottle on top of the fridge and the camera just stays on and you're like like sigh of relief like he put it down and then the hand just comes and like grabs it what an amazing scene first of all but if like this whole time everyone's spouting like everything's an act of god like cancer was the act of god when he went to visit the other co-pilot he was like oh you know it was just an act of god and we prayed you know, for this and everything. But like, if everything is preordained, then what's the point of doing anything? And I think his character obviously went through, you know, stages of kind of realizing that. But certain things like why was that second hotel door open? And why was the window open in order to make that door slam in order to get his attention in order to see the refrigerator in the other room? So like, I can kind of understand where they're going from there. And I do want to watch it again to kind of get more of a concrete idea of like what it was trying to say. But I do think it's a little complicated. I just thought that that was interesting to note. That's that funny. is really interesting. I yeah. mean, you definitely have like the full end of the spectrum too, where you know the other pilot is like, "Pray with us." Man. Yeah, yeah. This line confused the hell out of me. Uh, it was when he was working with the pilot, and it, this when he like w- not working with when he visited the pilot in the hospital, his co-pilot in the hospital. A, I like this scene because it made the behavior in the beginning makes so much more sense because it told us that he knew that whip was kind of off that day. Mm, yeah. And his act, like you could tell he was very like shaken, almost like this was his first flight or something. And I kind of subconsciously thought that that was odd and only connected it when he was in the hospital. But he says to this man, do you think you'd be alive if I wasn't flying that plane? And the co-pilot says, no, I think we'd all be dead. And I was like, you owe your life to this man. Then I don't understand why you're being so cranky about it. Like I, you're alive because of. But I, I was so confused. What's the about rest that. of what he said, though? The rest of what he says, like you can't tell me you were in like tip-top shape. Like the, the idea is, yes, he did save the day, but he also is a pilot that flew intoxicated, which is extremely dangerous, and he put all those people's lives he in did. jeopardy, he even though he saved them from something else. 100% yes. and I, I mean, that's why he's in jail for what? They said, like, uh, eight years or yeah, something like, like that? I, and I think... Or, and it was like, it had been 13 months, so he's not in jail for the rest of his life, you know? The danger is not lost on me. Like, I, I again, this has scarred me, and I will always think of this movie now when I fly, because who knows what the pilot's going to be on, but... It's just a trend of scarring movies. I, honestly, <laughs> this is a, a life-changing weekend. Guys, um, if you hear it constantly going like this, I'm sorry. It's me. I can't it's help myself. It's happened a lot. You finished yours and are halfway through mine now. So that's... But you, you told me you didn't want this. So I, I 
is very good, so I might actually finish that once we're done this. But um, Bitch, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> just make you make me another one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it warrants a rewatch. And I also want to note that like, if you were to show me this movie without me knowing who the director was and you asked me who directed it, I would have never said Robert Zemeckis. Totally. Totally. Like, he gets out of his own way in this movie. Yeah. I think this... He... He, Robert Zemeckis, in my opinion, like trips on his feet sometimes. Like he he trips over his own ambition, and uh, his stories suffer a lot for it. And a lot of times, like the animation is like, what the fuck? Like we're not ready for it. It's like Uncanny <laughs> Valley times ten. See, okay, but but he's really really talented at like these human. Like, uh, uh, Forrest Gump just comes to mind. Like, yeah. that is, yeah. even though Forrest Gump, there's obviously some fantastical aspects. At, at its core, it's a very human story. That was and fantastical. That was a true story. I don't know what you're talking about. Was Based it? on real events. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Clearly, <Okay>. I know. <laughs> you, you had me there for a second. I'm sorry. I thought it was a documentary. <laughs> I do think, and that, I think, is what was kind of missing from this movie was, uh, I think back to, I did see The Witches, um, I think back to no I think back to like Death Becomes Her which I fucking love it's a fantastic movie yeah. I even think back to uh, obviously Forrest Gump and I feel like all three of those movies had there was something so whimsical about those movies this this yeah. movie has no whimsy no whatsoever. whimsy it is the anti-whimsy movie yeah but oh I've my. also I think I've, I think those are the only three Zemeckis movies that I've seen or four I should say including this one uh, Back to the Future Oh, five. Okay, yeah. But even that was super whimsical too. So. I mean, yeah, totally. This is a this is a movie that the most sort of outlandish thing is the barrel roll at the beginning, um, or like the flipping upside down, the inverted. Yeah, yeah, the inverted plane at the beginning. Even if it was just an exercise in like proving that he could direct something like this. Yeah. I don't know how how this movie came to be. Well, you know, if you guys don't know either, you're in the right place. <laughs> It's that kind of movie that it is very enjoyable to watch. There are definite funny parts. There's emotional beats. Uh, it has a very like uplifting ending. Incredible performances. But the message of it all is really what sticks with me. Yeah. And it's it really is about like sort of owning up to your shit, owning your bullshit. At the end of the day, uh, because even though we know better, most I think most people know better. We aren't always programmed to act in our own self-interest. We take advantage of the fact that those things aren't immediately bad for us. Mm -hmm. Things will go wrong in the long run, but like immediate gratification is more important. It was a good pick. I uh, am pleasantly surprised. I did have my hesitations because I, I, what I didn't want this to be was one of those stereotypical hero story, I guess. And I feel like it very well could have gone that way and it didn't feel like that at all. And I was pleasantly surprised. I yeah, enjoyed it. I, I mean... I, the juxtaposition of like guy saves however many lives. I don't know how many people, you know, get on a plane. 96. Was it nine? Did he say 96? Okay. Cause cool. there were 102 souls on the plane. He saved 96. So there were 96 survivors. Look at you. Yeah. Cause there were four, four dead passengers and two dead. Did you even watch the movie? Is no. this a Willy Wonka situation yeah, again? I'm just guessing. Fuck off. <laughs> I Wikipedia it. <laughs> but man, now I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, um, you know, the juxtaposition of guy saves all these people's lives, but he also endangered all these people's lives. 
And the argument is that maybe his negligence caused this whole thing. And do you, you know, think like, that's you the case? You know, I mean, throughout the first half of the movie, it is. It becomes apparent that it was not. Yeah, that's true. But we at first are like, oh shit, did he do something wrong? I honestly, I feel like I remember the first time watching it feeling like that was going to be the way it ended, like that it, it turned out to be his negligence. Yeah. You know? And I do like that that was a journey that like we, yeah. we really didn't get it at first. But assuming that there were no courts involved, no laws involved, nothing legal, like if you were to completely take out any barriers or bias from this, if it was just you sitting down with Whip, having all the information that we got at the end, like would you still put him in prison if he did end up saving all these lives? Like knowing that that tens of pilots have tested the simulation and not one succeeded that the equipment was failing to begin with. Here's the thing. I would not try him for however many counts of manslaughter they were talking about. I would definitely hold him accountable for like criminal negligence though. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know if that then leads to manslaughter. I I don't know the law. I'm not a lawyer anymore. (laughs) Um, Him being a fantastic pilot, like that doesn't really hold much water in a, or hold much weight or hold is it water or I don't know the phrase but like it doesn't really I don't really give a shit about that if I'm thinking about like the legality of what he did and if you're like wanting me to like try him I still think yeah he was criminally negligent I think the reason I ask is because I think I was so eager to be like he like it is so clear that he is one in a million that he like no one else was able to do what he did and he ended up more importantly that six people died, he ended up saving 96 lives. Yeah. Like that's huge to me. But I do think like if the, if he did get away without punishment in quotes, I guess that like, what's to stop him from flying drunk again. So I do think yeah. there needs to be some accountability. Well, there I definitely, I, I, I like that. He was like, this is fair. Like yeah. they took away my license. I can never fly again. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Obviously that makes sense. What I do like, and I think that this is like another message of the ending, which makes me happy is that like, you can make a difference in one one area. And if like that area becomes a thing of the past for whatever reason, it does not mean that you cannot make a difference in another area. Yeah. Like because of the end of the movie, he's talking to those guys. Like he is using his experience to help other people. And his son. Exactly. So like the idea of no matter how bad you fuck up, there's always going to be some sort of opportunity as long as you are still alive and in the picture there will always be some sort of opportunity no matter how hard it is to find that opportunity to take a path towards redemption Mm -hmm. maybe he'll never fully feel redeemed but he knows that like it was the right thing to do exactly he can spend the rest of his life at peace using yeah like using his story to be more of a cautionary tale, to tell people, like, this is what you don't do. And the impact that he's going to have is way more than those 96 souls he saved. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It makes perfect sense. I said that shit on two margaritas. <laughs> That's all I have to say. My yeah, like, I fucking, I'm so glad we picked this. Yeah. Denzel, I don't, have we not done a Denzel movie? Like, what is wrong with us? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I fucking love him. He's yeah. amazing. I've, I mean, I've never seen him in anything bad. Like, I don't think he's ever been in anything bad. 
even like the early 2000 actioners he's in all great like he just is always great i i just love him and um i am really glad that we like of all the denzel movies i'm glad we did this one awesome me too take three is it raining where you are it is not but it's been overcast all day and it rained a lot yesterday and the day before but not today it's like been so crappy here we went to the beach for my sister's birthday and i did not anticipate that it was going to get so cold mm. so like my family has jackets on and everything and i am in shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> cold days at the beach are kind of the best i mean I yeah i kind of love cold days at the beach when you're properly dressed yeah sure <laughs> You went to the actual beach or did you go to like Virginia Beach and have dinner there? Like what what was the plan exactly? Virginia Beach is an actual beach. Well, I know that, but did you actually like, like was the idea to go to the literal beach and just like have a beach day for her birthday or did you just go to Virginia Beach to have Oh dinner no, we just went for dinner. Okay. We just drove for I dinner. Vir- I know Virginia Beach is a beach. Okay. Bitch. I wasn't sure. Uh yeah, we just went for dinner. It's like only like maybe like 25 30 minutes away nice so it's it's not it was a very easy drive well it would have been if it wasn't pouring down raining i'm sorry to hear that but i hope she had a good time oh yeah oh it was awesome we had a a very nice time it's so funny because my mom and sister eat like birds already right but there was like this crab dip that they ate it was like an appetizer and by the time their actual food came, they were like, oh, I'm full, oh, I'm full. And I'm sitting there like chewing the meat off of like the bones that I had because uh, I had like a rack of ribs. And I'm like, I'm all done. And they're like, oh, we're so full. And it's like they ate don't like one-tenth of their food. Don't you hate them? Bro. I don't believe in doggy bags. <laughs> In what? Oh, doggy doggy bags. bags. I thought you said donkey backs. I'm like, what the fuck? Them is that? neither. Nope. <laughs> I surely don't. Okay, well, let's focus on flight now. Box office for flight was actually pretty impressive. It wound up making 161 million dollars worldwide. And actually, I'm I'm using uh, it's a website called The Numbers instead of Box Office Mojo, and they have an estimate when it comes to at-home sales as well. And so the total estimated domestic video sales are another $33 million. And this movie, oh, wow. this movie only cost $31 million to make. So this has definitely been like a, a big success for them, for sure. I did hear that the budget was very much a like take-it-or-leave-it kind of situation where I guess the studio offered so much money and they really couldn't back out of it. And this is something I was going to talk about later, but uh, apparently both Robert Zemeckis and Denzel Washington took a pay cut for this. And there was not a single scene that was left out. Like there's no deleted scenes. They, they used every inch of footage that they could because of the budget. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. It's not like a huge you know, action epic, but you're right. Like with, with big time celebrities and stuff, you would expect decent paydays. Now, when it comes to like critic reviews, this movie has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, a 75% audience score too, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, yes, yeah. that's, that's nice that they're pretty similar. The, the critics consensus is Robert Zemeckis makes his triumphant return to live action 
cinema with flight, a thoughtful and provocative character study propelled, pro, propelled, propelled by <laughs> propelled. a... Propelled. 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 Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb. No, you're good. That's, that was funny. <laughs> propelled by a compelling performance from Denzel Washington. It truly was a, a return to live action for him because he hadn't made a live action movie since... 2000 it's castaway right yeah i also read somewhere that it was like funny that that was also a movie about a plane crash <laughs> oh wow yeah that's a very good point that's a very good point y'all know i'm not like a huge fan of robert zemeckis's focus on like pushing the bounds of animation but i will give him this that like i i have through this movie and through just sort of looking at some of this stuff it's it's helped me appreciate him a little bit more and he's definitely been praised for his focus on animation there's a, a popular british film critic named dave thomas and he he said quote uh, no other contemporary director has used special effects to more dramatic and narrative purpose. That is a huge, huge compliment. Mm -hmm. When you think about like the modern day directors that deal with special effects, that's a big compliment to throw around. Definitely. And so Robert Zemeckis also did something that made me really happy. I read that he actually produced House on Haunted Hill. Really? Yeah. House of Wax. Oh my god. And not to mention 13 Ghosts, which you just recently watched. I did just recently watch that, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Obviously, I understand that like if Castaway and Forrest Gump didn't drive me over the, the line of like appreciating him. Those did. Then why <laughs> why does House on Haunted Hill or House of Wax do that? <laughs> but uh I, I don't know. It's sort of like outweighing the bad. I can ignore the the early 2000s uh, streak of movies and his, I mean, he's still doing it. Like he's doing Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio comes out in 2022, apparently. I didn't even know it was coming out this early. Wait, I thought, isn't, okay, is this separate from the, yes. from the, uh, what's his name? What the hell's his name? Guillermo. Yes, this is different than the Guillermo Pinocchio. This is different from the Guillermo Pinocchio. This is the Disney live action Pinocchio. Tom Hanks oh. is Geppetto. Geppetto. Of course. Which he is. Tom Hanks is like in a lot of his movies. I I yeah. would pick him as my Geppetto as well. Nice. Interesting. I did not know that. Do we know who Pinocchio is? So I'm looking at who this kid is, and his name is Benjamin Evan Ainsworth. And the only thing that I've ever, like, seen him in is The Haunting of Blind Manor. He's the little boy in that. Oh, wow. I can't even put a face to him right now. Yeah, I, like, I don't remember him either. Well, good for him. Good for him, yeah. I hope the movie's nice. good. And he doesn't <laughs> look ridiculous like all the other animated things that he does. Ugh. Which is, listen, I know there's some controversy with, with how their hands were designed. But he was able to make Anne Hathaway's face and her mouth slits very scary. The movie was corny and cheesy and fun. But like, I think the one gripe that I had about that movie was that like, it better be as traumatizing as the original movie. High, high priestess, high, whatever her name is. Grand High Witch. 
that movie, the original, she was horrifying. She traumatized yeah. me. And I was like, if he can't capture that, I'm going to be very pissed. And I think he did a good job. I thought she was terrifying. I thought Anne Hathaway did did a great job as the Grand High Witch. But yeah, I don't think she did like a bad job. Like, I think she was going for how the performance ended up. I think I'm more, and I'm thinking maybe that's the only one of his that I've seen, like, animation-wise. Well, you've seen Polar Express. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. I, I get it. Like, they were pushing the bounds. Like, I totally were, understand it. But, but it I, was it was a little disturbing. You're right. You're right. Beowulf. Not seen it. Okay, don't. Was that bad? Yes. Uh, Christmas Carol. I have not seen it, but I, I feel like that got the same reception that the Polar Express did, that it was just weird and creepy. Yep. Yep. Creepy. Yep. Welcome to Marwin. You saw that one? So, okay. I will admit, I did not sit down and actually see the movie. I watched a bunch of clips online and were like, nope. <laughs> God. Nope. Jeez. Oh, so, but I, I'm still counting that one. My notes are so all over the place. Forgive me. Oh, okay. We can talk about uh, the cinematographer of this film. His name is Don Burgess, and he has actually worked on several of Zemeckis' films for years and years and years. He is the DP on 12 of the 21 movies that Zemeckis has directed. Oh, wow. Would you like to hear them? Yes. Because I have them written down. Forrest Gump, Castaway, Flight. He's doing Pinocchio, Back to the Future Part Dose. Not the first one. No, for some reason, not the first one. Interesting. Part two and three, but not, yeah. Uh, the Witches, Contact, Death Becomes Her, Allied, and What Lies Beneath, and The Polar Express. I don't think he's at uh, fault for the crazy um, animation. That's somebody <laughs> else's job, because he does a really good job. Okay, I cannot believe that we forgot to mention Death Becomes Her in that list that we were just talking about. How do you feel about that? gem that masterpiece of a film he has made some incredible movies that i love what lies beneath are you kidding me i fucking love what lies beneath i love oh flight God. was it you that just texted me <laughs> no my hands are right here i just got a text from you finishing up a dead by daylight match i'll be on soon why is your phone so laggy i sent that at like 10 25 <laughs> Or no, I sent that at 9.25, which is, we were supposed to record at 9.30, and you're just getting that now? Maybe, or maybe I, that was just the first thing, because like your picture comes up, because I have your picture attached to your name, so I saw that. And gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I've completely forgotten what I was doing. Okay, we were talking about Death Becomes Her. And all yes the no. sick-ass movies that he's done. Yes, I love Death Becomes Her. Okay, because didn't he win an Oscar for the animation for that one? No. I could have sworn he, not maybe not him, but it won for Best Special Effects or something, right? It may have, but he didn't win it. He only has one Oscar. Do you know what it's for? Guess what it's for. Forrest Gump? Yeah. Nice. He has an Oscar and a Golden Globe for Forrest Gump. Nice, nice, nice. But speaking of Oscars and stuff, I'll jump into this. When it comes to Denzel, just listen to this amazing resume, okay? This is dope. Denzel has 10 Oscar nominations, two of which he has won. Damn. 11 Golden Globe nominations, three of which he has won. He's been nominated for a Grammy, two Emmys, two Tonys, one of which he has won, eight SAG Award nominations, one of which he has won. 
26th NAACP Image Award nominations, 17 of which he has won. Damn. Denzel is one of five actors who have been nominated for Acting Academy Awards in five different decades. <laughs> wow. Do you know the other four? No, you don't. That would be that would be ridiculous <laughs> for you to know that. Um, Lawrence Olivier, Paul Newman, okay. Jack Nicholson, and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Thank you for doing that. I wanted to. <laughs> I, anytime I hear his name in my head, it just automatically, like, it goes through a filter and it comes in as him saying his own name. Exactly. Exactly. He's like a, he's like a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. Yeah. Oh, he's like... got like a mouthful, Michael Caine, whenever he talks, at least nowadays. I don't know if that was true back when he was I give him a younger. mouthful. But... <laughs> I love Michael Caine. Why Why does he have Emmy nominations, Denzel? I don't know, because he got nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> oh, you know what I was thinking? I meant, uh, I meant. I, okay, so when you said Emmy, for some reason my brain said Grammy. And I was like, what? Huh? That he has a Grammy sense. nomination as well. Did you mention that? Yeah. Oh, maybe I got confused. Why, why does he have Grammy nominations? Bitch, hold on. Best Spoken Word Album for Children. Ooh, okay. Because I guess he had some sort of, I don't know if it's maybe like a book or something called John Henry. I have no idea, but he was nominated for it. Interesting. Yeah. Also, Denzel is one of only five black actors to win the Best Actor Oscar. And when he won it, he was only the second. Jesus. Yeah. Nobody had won it since 1963, I believe, for Lilies of the Field. Sidney Poitier won it. And then a giant gap. (laughs) <laughs> up to 2001 for Training Day. And then uh, Forrest Whitaker won for uh, Last King of Scotland. Uh, Jamie Foxx won for Ray. And now we have Will Smith won for uh, King Richard. I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? that yeah. One of the biggest things that happened this year. Keep my um, wife's name out of your fucking mouth. I was see I love Chris Rock and I love Will Smith. I, I I don't even care. Like I truly it's like don't hit people but like I just don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I'm still going to go like watch their stuff. I love both of them. So I have this very specific interest when it comes to YouTube videos. Uh I really love Are you like, really going to talk about your horseborn addiction? Stop. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll edit it out. yes i'm going to come clean about my horse porn addiction because this episode is about addiction and uh no i'm just that was a weird way to bring it full circle Uh, i do not have a horse porn addiction and plus i doubt i doubt you'd be able to find that on youtube but i could be wrong i don't know yes you can yes you can have a playlist (laughs) anyway one of my favorite things on youtube is uh watching professionals talk about their profession for example like cheese expert tells you what cheese is more expensive pickle expert tells you which pickle is uh uh, properly pickled and stuff like that and i also love a lot of those like doctors react to gray's anatomy scenes and that kind of thing so i was very pleased to find an entire like list of videos of pilots reacting to either flight or any other uh, movie that involves some kind of plane crash. 
And I'm not going to go over every single detail that they bring up, but I am going to go over the most common ones that I found amongst the pilots and people who work on a plane. I love this. Are you at all interested? Absolutely. All right, let's get to it. First and foremost, if the co-pilot had sensed that Whip had been drinking, because he even said that he smelled of alcohol, that should have been red flag number one. And he should have been like, "Mm, we're not going to be taking this flight if you're drunk like this. And I was like, ooh, great point. Didn't think of that. Yep. According to several of these pilots, when Whip was trying to speed up into the storm, the pilots were saying that that wasn't very smart and that like slowing down should have been the way to go. And that probably would have like created less turbulence. But as we know, turbulence was not the problem in this scenario. According to several of these pilots, the flight attendants very rarely enter the cockpit. And one even mentioned that since 9-11, the door to the cockpit is... She said closed i don't think she said it was locked but it would make sense that the door is at least like closed and that like not many people can access it since 9 11 there was one really funny moment where uh several people actually brought this up when whip was telling air traffic control about his hydraulics not working he was like he he was constantly in communication with air traffic control one of the guys was like what the fuck is air traffic control gonna do about your hydraulics they can't do anything from the ground Uh, (laughs) i just thought that that was very funny that's that's really interesting that they would make such large errors like that because Robert Zemeckis is a private is a pilot. pilot. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was going to get to that. Like all of, I have a big discussion after I list all of these that we can talk about. But one of the things that I was going to bring up to you is that like, it kind of annoys me having like seeing all this. I'm like, okay, I can kind of excuse it because you're making a very dramatic story. Yeah, you're trying to. You're trying to inject as much drama as you can to make the scene feel panicked and to give you that like adrenaline. But bro- then I read that Robert Zemeckis is a pilot, and I was like, "How did this happen?" Then I don't exactly. I don't, get this. I don't understand. I mean, he didn't write it, but like he's a director. He's a big time director. He would have yeah. been able to make edits to the script. Any sort of media does not have to be like 100 percent factual yeah because you're right like they are telling a story they're trying to make it dramatic all that stuff and i'm not a flight expert i'm not a hospital person what you know i don't work in a hospital (laughs) i'm not like a professional in these specific areas but when you hear that there are such crazy errors like that yeah like those videos that you're talking about like doctors talk about medical shows and like Mm -hmm. rip them to shreds like yeah nobody would ever act like this it kind of like dulls my excitement for this. So thank you for dulling <laughs> my excitement for flight. But like, it's, I'm not even, I appreciate so, your, your take three <laughs> contribution, Jordan. No, I have a lot more discussion after this, but like, it, there are a lot of times when, I mean, not everything that those videos bring up are bad things. For example, when I was watching Chernobyl with my family, back when I lived at home, my brother works at a power plant and he was kind of going over like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a thing. And he was kind of explaining everything that was happening and turns out a lot of what that was was accurate a lot of the portrayals of that show were very accurate were they perfect probably not i've seen i've seen some videos uh, of other people kind of explaining what would have been different but you know it's neat and i think there were several pilots or people who work on airplanes that were doing these videos that were like we understand that this is a movie we understand that this is you know dramatized in a way yeah okay i want to know and you might not have but if you actually watch these videos, you should be able to remember this. How did they react to the literal flipping of the plane? Like, did anybody so, be like, okay, that's impossible? Or is that possible or what? They said it was, okay. 
the consensus that I got is that it would have been possible, but the whole time, like throughout that whole crash sequence, they were showing their altitude. It was like that, either that dial or that, um, the numbers that were kind of showing you how high they were. Got and it. I heard several times that at the altitude that they were, that would not have been possible. I also saw that one video mentioned that like they inverted the flight, they inverted the plane. So the plane is now upside down. There were a couple fires that they needed to put out. They needed to like put out some fires and like, Oh, shut down that engine, shut down that engine. Those engines are not working anymore because they've exploded or there's some kind of fire. Yeah. Uh, which was also dramatized. I heard, but like, they didn't fix what was wrong with the plane. They didn't fix what was causing the nosedive. So suddenly when Denzel is like, all right, turn, turn that exploded engine back on, which they can't, but they did it anyway, uh, to be able to turn the plane back on its right, like flying correctly. Yeah. That problem wasn't fixed. So as soon as they got it back in its original position, it just would have nosedove again. And they didn't. It was just like, Oh, it's like, we're gliding now. We're gliding. We got to like glide to the ground again. Huge oversight. I am kind of, I don't know. Well, everybody, I'm sorry. No, I'm <laughs> sorry that we made you watch this horribly inaccurate movie. It's not, it's not horribly inaccurate. <laughs> there are a lot of things that, that were positives that were like, I'm just kidding. I, I honestly don't care at all, but like, <laughs> cause it's like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, but it's only yeah. one of my favorite scenes. I think like, I love that some people probably went into this thinking the movie was like about a plane crash and it is barely about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so that's that that's what I love about it is that it's but actually it, more about all the the aftermath. It begs the discussion though. If you were a pilot and you were watching this movie in a theater, I can imagine that those kinds of things would kind of maybe take you out of that moment. It would maybe not feel as dramatic as it would someone who doesn't know all of the specifics about flying a plane. So is it better to add all of that panic and drama to offer the thrill to a larger audience? Or do yes. you think it's more important for movie makers to be as accurate as possible when no. trying to create like realistic fiction? No, this fiction, there's no, as long as it's believable and it doesn't like, it doesn't seem like it's nonsense to the, average moviegoer i mean there are what 30 40 billion people on earth and only about <laughs> maybe 12 or 13 of them are pilots so we're not going to cater to that 12 or 13 we're going to <laughs> 12 or 13 out of 4 40 billion bi 40 billion 40 <laughs> okay. of the 40 billion yeah gotcha there are 13 people on this earth that fly planes got it yes and robert zemeckis is one of them and he should have known better but, like, that's the thing is, if you're saying that he should have hyped it up, like, can you blame him then at that point? No, but I feel like, I don't know, that's, at that point, you consult, like, a bunch of pilots and try to get get it to be, and I'm sure they did this. Like, I'm sure there are tons of pilot consultants. I don't know, that's when you work with them to, like, strike a balance. And maybe they did. Maybe this is their balance. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> the plane blipped upside down. Like, I, I don't know. Wasn't this like based on like a real plane crash or something? It was. It but was. Did it actually based... flip upside down? It did. Yeah, it actually flipped upside down twice. The first time, and so this movie was actually based or inspired by Alaska Flight Two Sixty One, which I believe was in two thousand. 
Um, say, I believe it was a very similar or the same kind of error where something, I forget what the, what the problem was, but it was a, a prop or like a, a function of the plane broke because of poor maintenance or something. And it did invert and they were able to fix themselves, but then it happened again. And unfortunately, uh, all souls were lost on that flight that like no one survived that flight. Unfortunately, very, very sad. Oh, wow. This isn't a joke. I was like straight up in my head. I'm like, why had I never heard of that? Why don't I remember that? And I'm like, early 2000s plane crash is like we were, it was kind of overshadowed. A little bit. Yeah. 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 But also, and I reading that, I was like, man, I'm going to feel stupid if, uh, if this was just common knowledge that I didn't know no. because I, I didn't realize that it, it was either, but I figured I'd bring it up anyway. Um, but I was what, second grade in 2000. So second or first grade. I was just born. You fucking wish. I also, because I was curious about this, I looked it up and I was very curious to know why they called them souls. Like whenever you try and report how many people are on the plane, you refer to them as souls. Like there are so many souls on this plane. So many souls survived the crash. And I was trying to figure out why they used that specific term. It seemed almost a little like morbid in a way. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sure why they did that. And it's for several reasons. Uh, the first, uh, it, the word soul, it kind of counts the crew. So you're not just counting the passengers, you're also counting the crew. That means flight attendants, that means the pilots, etc. As well as the passengers. Number two, they wouldn't go by the number of seats taken because sometimes there are like babies or toddlers that sit on people's laps who really, you know, they wouldn't be accounted for if they were to take the seat numbers. Gotcha. Third, planes also sometimes transport cadavers. So souls refers only to the living people on board. And on one of the discussion boards that I was looking this up on, someone said, it's a lovely and efficient and precise way of describing the number of people affected or potentially affected by an aviation disaster. Therefore, cadavers wouldn't be affected because they're already dead. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the fourth one, uh, souls add a sense of like urgency and care. Uh, especially if something were to happen on the plane and a search and rescue needed to be conducted. I, and I kind of appreciate that. It is, it's a much more fragile word. Like when you're talking about yeah. souls that you're protecting on a plane, when you're flying it like that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, oddly enough though, unborn souls and pets do not count. So they are not counted when people count the souls. Oh, the wow. Plane. They don't count they the don't babies count. that are living for nine months in a, in a mommy's belly. Or pet. I was more concerned about the pets, but that makes me sad that they don't count. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I just think it's that's a very interesting yeah, no, I, uh, I, stance on the matter. Um, I get what you're saying. But yes, totally pets as well. I don't know. I guess I kind of thought it was just like a really like a nice gender neutral word, but I guess so is people. <laughs> right, right. I was just it made me so curious as to why they chose that specific word. And I, I found some cool facts on it. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to call them cool, but I think they're fascinating. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> piece of shit. My phone keeps going off. Turn it off. It's that in my be pocket. One. Oh, it's my reflection time. I, I schedule fifteen minutes each night to reflect. Do we need to pause no. for fifteen minutes? Do you know what I do when I reflect? You do your uh, repetitions and. What are they called? Mantras? My affirmations. No, I do those That's in the it. morning. I go look in the mirror. Oh. Get it? 
Oh, yeah, I do. I was like, that, I wouldn't do that. That sounds like torture. Whatever. <laughs> That's cool, though. No, that, cool that was a joke. Time. I typically, like, at that point, I also look at my phone, and it reminds me that I haven't done my Duolingo yet, and I have an hour. <laughs> nice. I'm like, nice. oops. But no, it's like a time to, you know, just reflect on the day, set my schedule for the next day. I've heard so many times over the past, like, couple months that the best way to like, you know, achieve success and in, in life is just to fill your schedule with stuff. You're not gonna you're not gonna get bored or get demotivated if you always have something to do. And so I'm Google living, calendars, I fill my schedule up. <laughs> I'm living proof that that is not true. Or maybe I'm just broken. What do you mean? I have zero free time and I'm fucking miserable. <laughs> No, good on you. Good on you for trying to better yourself. I am so insanely proud of you. That's not sarcasm. That's not a joke. I am genuinely very, very proud of you. And I'm glad that you are taking time out to reflect and affirm. And I'm very happy for you. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. This movie actually did get nominated for two Oscars. Uh, One of those Denzel Oscar nominations that I was talking about was this. And uh, the writer of this film, John Gatons, got nominated. And do you know what John Gatons did? He wrote the Power Rangers movie. Did he really? Yes, he did. The and, good one. Yeah. Well, or it, like it's, it's the better one. The new. Okay, the newer. The one. newer one. Okay. <laughs> and it took him ten years to write this movie. That I did read. That's insane. Flight, not Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's writing Aladdin 2, and they're making... He wrote Real Steel, and they're making a Real Steel 2? I don't know what that is. It's the boxing robot movie with Hugh Jackman? Boy, that sounds riveting. I I couldn't care less about that, actually. Oh, were you saying it's rivet like, because of, it was a robot? It's because robots, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were saying riveting because, like, you're clearly not riveted because you're an asshole. Both. I meant both because I'm what? A comic genius. Because you are what? Sickening. I'm sick. <laughs> That's all. They're making a second Aladdin. Yeah, I know. I thought people hated that movie. I didn't like it, but... I think it made a bunch of money. See, that's the thing. Disney live action fairy tales, like in retrospect, I don't like any of them. Like I truly, like I fucking hated Mulan. But Jungle Book was like one of your favorite movies ever. Oh, Jungle Book. I forgot about Jungle Book. I love Jungle Book. Jon Favreau, not only (laughs) does he just seem like the coolest fucking guy ever. He is on Friends. He started the MCU. (laughs) He made Jungle Book, and he saved Star Wars. I mean, he deserves a lot. (laughs) I mean, honestly, he's like one of those people that I hope someday, like someday soon, gets one of those like honorary Oscars. Like Sam Jackson got an honorary Oscar this past year for his like contribution to cinema. I feel like he's got to die in order for that to happen, right? Well, no, Sam Jackson just won one. Jackie Chan also won one at some point. Did he? And he's not dead either. Yeah. That's cool. That's, I don't know. I think that's really neat that they give Oscars out. Just, hey, odds are we're never going to actually give you a real Oscar. So here's, (laughs) 
here's this other Oscar kind of thing. <laughs> Flight 227 was named Flight 227 because of a superstition regarding past plane accidents where their flight numbers added up to 11. And I believe I found this on the IMDb trivia page about this movie. And they listed off a bunch where like all of their flight numbers added up to 11. And I was like, that's creepy. That's suspicious. So I'll probably link that so you can look it up yourself. Oh, so it's flight 227 in the movie because of that superstition. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like superstitious stuff. It's spooky. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. <laughs> a little stitious. <laughs> that, oh my God. Is that The Office? Yeah. Is that I love that's The from? Office. I don't even know. Did that even take us very long? I felt like I had a lot of um, stuff to say. Maybe I didn't. I guess my font my font was just really big. That's why it was taking <laughs> up so many pages. <laughs> Tips on how to uh, pad up your essays. For yeah. Just make your font like 40. <laughs> no one will notice. <laughs> I will say I didn't find a lot of like character stuff that I wanted to. Usually I like talking about like characters and themes and stuff, but I think we covered a lot of that in take two, which I was very impressed with. It's a great movie. I I really did enjoy this movie a lot. Great choice. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Now what's our next movie going to be? Go. Do you want to reveal that? I don't even know what it is. I have spoken to you about this. And maybe I can jog your memory. Yeah. I asked you what we should do for our next film. And you said, well, I picked this one. So you should pick the next one. And I said, how about blank? Yeah. And that is when. You remember the movie that I that I requested? Yes. Do you? Yes. I won't believe you until you say it. <laughs> I won't even need subtitles. Oh, yeah. Because you're doing your Duolingo. Whoops, whoops. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I've never seen it. Uh, I know you have, and I know it's very well regarded, at least. Yep. And uh, with the pace we're going at now, you can expect it in like two to four weeks. (laughs) Like shipping. (laughs) It'll come in installments every six to eight weeks. You'll get take one, and then six to eight weeks later, you get take two. Hey everybody, it's Nick. Thank you guys for listening to episode 53 of Take 3, a movie podcast. We appreciate your ongoing support. I'm so happy to be back officially and uh, can't wait for what's coming up next. So go to take3amp.com and listen to us. You can go to like all these different streaming services. You can go to our Instagram at take3amp. You can just tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your kitty cat. We don't care. We just need the listens. Uh, okay. Uh, what, what? Oh, happy listening.